Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Kind of like Ben saying here, it is very difficult to try and do a review show after that great result. I mean, we have just witnessed Tony Castle 2-2. I mean, it wasn't the prettiest of games. It wasn't the best watch. But hey, at least it wasn't a loss. I'm trying to put a positive sympathy. But with me today to try and dissect everything, we have Luke once again from Rivalry Aside TV. How are you today, Luke? Uh, yeah, I've been better. Um, <sighs> you know, just finished a watch log on our channel and... Uh, yeah, look, it wasn't the best of watches of games, but look, I'll, I'll, I'll let you have that one. It wasn't a loss, so it's better than nothing, I suppose. But uh, with Chelsea losing, uh, really was our time to step up. But uh, we'll get into that, I suppose, in a bit. Yeah, indeed. And we are also here with Forms. Forms, how are you today? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's about all I can say after, after that performance. But yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming. I'll try not to ask you for a wrap throughout this whole this whole show. It's going to be really hard not to. But thanks again for joining us. So, yeah, we're just going to try and rack on with with what's happened. Really, obviously, we saw the lineup. It was kind of that similar to the one that was against Villa. And I'm not going to lie to you, I was quite impressed, especially trying to see this new dynamic in the defence. Now, Luke, obviously, what were your thoughts on that defence as before the game started? Obviously, not during, because we have lots to talk about during. <laughs> yeah, so I see a few people in the comments saying congrats on getting to your 1K subs. So, uh, oh, yeah, round of applause for that, for, uh, first of all. Um, that's massive, and uh, you definitely deserve it, so big up to that. But, um, yeah, in terms... I was clapping under the table, but uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, in terms of that defence... Uh, Right back, Tanganga, I think, is a solid choice in my eyes, but he didn't sign himself in glory today. Um, in terms of the centre-back pairing, I still don't like Sanchez at centre-back. Um, I don't know why you don't go with experience of Alderweireld um, alongside youth of, of Rodon, but that's not my choice. I'm not the manager of this football team. But um, Sanchez hasn't shown himself in light in, in any game you know, realistically this season, so I'm still not sure why he, he gets himself into the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was impressed-ish against Villa. You know, I thought they were solid. We didn't concede. Uh, I thought, why not continue with the same back four? But um, something needs to change in the next game because that wasn't good enough today. No, it really wasn't. And mm. I think we were causing our own kind of problems. I think that was evident of obviously the likes of Tanganga trying to clear and Sanchez trying to clear. And it just wasn't working. So for you, Forms, what do you think is, is the problem in that defence? Because we've seen Jose try and mix it up all the time. Today, were, yeah. you, were you impressed in a sense that he was trying something new? Or do you think we need to, to switch Toby in there? I think that, and we've been saying this all season, the key to our defence is consistency. And if we're playing the same back four, getting them used to each other, getting them talking, getting them communicating, then you can't really go wrong. And throughout the season, he's been changing it weekly, if not every other week. And I was I was really optimistic. I can't lie. I was so happy when well, so happy when we <laughs> when I when the lineup came out and I saw 
Uh, the likes of Tanganga and Rodon in there. Sanchez, look, if he's in the squad or he's not in the squad, I'm used to him. I'm used. I'm used to the fact that I know that regardless, he's going to be making mistakes. But the fact that Tanganga and Rodon were in there, I was. I was really optimistic. I was like, they're going to put in a shift. Um, and I, I predicted four nil before <laughs> before the start of the game. Three nil. <laughs> I mean, it's it's mad. I saw and, and you see Regulon in that back four, and you think, okay, fine, there's hope. Then the game starts, and all of that optimism went straight out the window. Um, Regulon was just not on on his game today. I think Sanchez speaks for himself in the individual errors, and I think Holly, you said before we even started this, the thing that saves him is his pace, and that's what keeps him in the squad. Um, because you know he's going to slip up, you know he's going to give away chances and potentially concede some goals, but his pace and his ability to run back and try and sort things out is what keeps him there. Um, I just, I don't know. I think we try and we try and keep consistent and then one player will mess up so badly that Jose has to take them out of the squad. And then it mixes the defence up again and then it changes things and then changes the dynamics at the back and then the lack of communication and then all of a sudden we've conceded two, three goals a game. So it confuses me and I think we're in for a big summer. I hope we're in for a big summer um, because today just wasn't good enough. (laughs) When was the last time we had a big summer? (laughs) I, I mean, the summer we just had wasn't small in the sense that we actually signed players in volume they just weren't necessarily the players that the manager asked for (laughs) that's the thing I've I've always said this at the start of the season I think for the first time in a long time we've had squad depth whether that squad depth had quality amongst it was another thing and I think that's the thing that I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that okay we we could blame Jose but we could also blame the board which I think a lot of us are, are trying to allude to because at the end of the day if Jose asks for the likes of Bruno Fernandes and then we get Lo Celso, it's kind of like you've gone to, to Waitrose and you've got something from Poundlands. Like, in that kind of sense, <laughs> I'm not trying to downgrade the Celso, but you can kind of see what I'm I'm trying to get at. But, yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't fantastic in our defence today. And something I just want to point out, obviously, I'll come to you with this, Luke. Obviously, Tanganga, for me, I think he played a great cameo when we first saw him against Liverpool. Now, there's a lot of debate whether he's a centre-back or he's a right-back. But I don't know whether you watched the the England uh, youth game and he had an absolute mare. Do you think maybe coming into this game today, that was kind of playing on his mind? Maybe, yeah. Look, let's all be very honest. Uh, Tanganga is a centre-back who is playing at right-back. He's not a right-back that could be a centre-back, you know? So he is going to make mistakes playing, uh, you know, as a right-back you know, should be a centre-back. So maybe that was playing on his mind. But as a professional athlete, you need to be able to um, put those things to the back of your mind. And they have all of the, the tools to them at Spurs, you know, with psychologists and everything like that to be able to, if our play, players are having issues with that, they should be able to do that. But uh, I don't think we can put too much blame on him because what are other or other options? Sergio Aurier, who'd probably give away a penalty, Matt Doherty, who just gets skinned left, right, and centre. Um, those are our only options in that position. So my eyes, you know, the first position, if we aren't going to play Tangangle or train him as a prolific right back in the future, then we need to sign a, a right back is, is one of our first things we need to do. Because at least with him, he could play centre back if we needed him alongside Rodon. 
that's what a lot of people are asking for. I don't think it's the the right answer because of experience, and I think we need, you know, at least one experienced uh, centre back to play alongside Rodon. But uh, yeah, we can't put too much blame on him. I think you know more blame needs to be put on Sanchez. Um, and also, mm. I think our defensive midfielders today needed to help out more. You know, that first goal, um, Sanchez doesn't clear well, then Hoiberg doesn't clear well. And then uh, Joe Rodon's positioning, he should be more across to cover Joe Linton because he's covering the centre of the goal. The player's not going to score, in my opinion, from there. He's only ever going to lay it off uh, to Joe Linton, who is in acres of space. So, yeah, that's where the blame should lie today. I think so. Were you... Oh, sorry, I, yeah. I was, I was going to say, on the point that you made, were you happy when we signed, obviously before anything happened, before you even knew what he was going to be like, were you happy when we signed Doherty? Uh, in a way, yes. Yeah, because for Wolves, he's a good, he's a good player. He was a good player for Wolves, but as a, as a wing back, um, I don't know what's happened to him, to be honest. I, I don't know why yeah. his form has declined because surely to go from a right wing back to a right back position, it can't be that much of a difficult transaction, a transition, sorry. And there's no way that he trained his whole career as a right wing back. He must have played right back at some point, yet he physically cannot play right back. Um, so, I was like pleased in the sense was you know it was good business and he mm. played well for Wolves but we need to be looking a little bit you know higher up the tier than that as you know yeah, using Holly's shopping analogy um, <laughs> we need to be shopping in Waitrose and not shopping at Aldi. <laughs> Never gonna live that. Yeah, like Aldi does the job, but it's just not as good. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up for us actually because that's another thing. Obviously, before we came on, I was kind of like the whole squad debt thing again. You want to bring in someone that's better than Serge Aurier, and we settle for someone that's less than Serge Aurier, if that makes sense. His performances and his ability, for me, it just seems like a silly deal in a sense that we've gone for squad depth rather than going for quality, if that makes sense. So I'm glad you've yeah. got that form. I mean, how, how do you kind of feel on it? Do you think the summer, do you think in the summer we need potentially another right back and a centre back, or do you feel like there's more? pressing matters in that centre-back role? Or do you think right-back just really needs to be looked at? I mean, I think first and foremost, a centre-back is priority. Uh, completely, completely priority. Get two, bring in three. Why not? I just think centre-back should be our main focus. And uh, well, I know we were linked with him massively in the summer and a little bit in January, not even in January, but a little bit in the summer. Um, Milan Skriniar, he's about to win the league with Inter Milan. Bring him over. <laughs> Bring him over. He was fresh off winning a trophy. He's solid at the back. He's got major experience. Bring him in. I don't... And, and look, if it was up to me, I'd throw, I'd throw a £10 billion transfer budget in there and I'd rejuvenate the entire squad, but we can't. I think that the, uh, the main, like I say, main focus has to be centre-back. But yeah, we have to look into right-back options as well. I just... I don't know who we'd sign. I mm. genuinely don't know who we sign. And on the point that you made with squad depth, I think it was it was smart to go for depth because of what happened last season when we had so many players out injured and we were struggling so much that we looked at that and said, okay, we can't have that happen again. We need options. So instead of going for one or two world-class players, it was okay, let's bring in five or six players that can do the job if our other players get injured. So I see, I see it from both sides. But in terms of the summer that's about to come, the defence needs to be priority. 
100%. And I think it kind of says what Ben says. I think we kind of alluded to this in the sense that, obviously, we do lack a serious command and, and leader in, in the in the team. I mean, for me, I think the only person that really does that is is obviously Hoiberg, I feel. I personally, mm. I would like to see him as captain over the likes of Lloris and Kane, personally. What are your kind of thoughts wow. on that, Luke? Do you think that... Um, we need someone because we've seen Eric Dyer try to fill those boots and he clearly can't. So for you, do you think that's really something that's really playing on the minds at the moment? I mean, Jose's tried to fix this kind of sentiment of not being leaders or not winning anything, like bringing in the lights of heart and that. Do you think this is still a real big problem at Tottenham? Yeah, massive problem. But I just, I was talking with Wes actually about it earlier on my show and I didn't really understand how that you know, and I'm going to use that phrase that everybody knows, that Spursy attitude, right? How that goes down through squads, you know, through talent that has now left, that has gone on, that has gone to other things, and it continually gets passed down. That has to be something that the, that the you know, the club should be looking at, whether that's, you know, mentality, whether that's, uh, you know, how to, how to win through games, how to grind through results, you know, and I just don't understand how against Newcastle, for example, the last game we played Newcastle, we conceded a penalty in the last minute, drew the game 1-1. Before that, you know, under Pochettino when Joel Linton scored and they won 1-0 against us. You know, it's just, I just don't get this only winning by one goal. It never feels safe. And it never, and it's mm. not just the fans, it's the players as well. And how that continually gets passed on. But I agree. I think Hoiberg should be the captain of Spurs. And the reason for that is it's all good and well having a goalkeeper as your captain, right? The goalkeeper can't do anything whilst on the pitch. The, you know, my preference would be a centre-back. We don't have any centre-backs that have that leadership quality in my eyes. So the next best thing is that holding midfielder of Hoiberg who can see the entire game, who can grab the centre-backs if he needs to grab them, you know, to shake them into action, can shout up the pitch to the likes of Kane, Son, Lacelso, Lucas, Lamella, whoever it might be, and really try and uh, drive something into them. But what's the other option you get? You get players that have, have won things and that know how to win games and that know how to draw mm. out results. And then that goes back to your screening our comments. If he does win the league, then then why not? Um, you know, one of the right backs that I want to sign is I want to sign Max Ahrens. But you know, obviously he was in the Norwich side that got relegated. I think he would be the best right-back option in terms of he's already played in the Premier League. The biggest issue that I have with Skriniar is that he's never played in the Premier League. He could be another one of those signings that just can't hack it in the Premier League. We don't know it, yeah. but he could be. So otherwise, you look at uh, Premier League proven centre-backs, but you're never going to get someone that's won anything. So you're going to end up with uh, the likes of Tarkovsky, Ben White, uh, Ezri Konza, even though he signed a new contract, I still think he could, you could purchase him from Villa, but none of them have won anything. So it will always come back to that. And that's something that Jose needs to be able to drill into these players. And they just must not be getting it. They just must not be getting that attitude and that, um, that way of, you know, you see the players on the bench today, they were just laughing and joking all game. You know, if I'm a player that's in the, on the bench, I'm by, you know, doing anything to get on that pitch to try and change that game. You know, even against, um, sorry, I've gone on a rant here, but even against Zagreb, those players that were on the bench, when they came on, did absolutely nothing. And mm. they did not try, they did not fight, they did not do anything to try and win that game. Why are they even on the bench if they're not even going to bother? I'm glad you brought We've that got up. 
I can see what Lily White's reviews and reviews are saying about, obviously, we've talked about quality today. We've already said about that. But it is a mentality thing. You're thinking to yourself, if you're on that bench and you're trying to edge your way into the first team, you'd go out there and bust the gut to prove your worth. And at the moment, I just don't know if players really have got it within them. They just are half arsed And I just don't get it. So, sorry, Forms, I cut you off. What you were going to say? So, I, I was going to say, I was I was going to talk about the dead wood we've got at the club. But on, on the point that you just said, um, I'm going to use Harry Winks as an example from what I'm about to say. In terms of players who who come out and say things like Harry Winks said when he wasn't playing earlier in the season, he said, "Oh, I, I'm not happy with my game time. I wanna I wanna prove to Jose that I can be in the squad. I wanna prove to Gareth Southgate that I can be in the Euros." And then to continue to not play for Spurs doesn't show that Mourinho isn't picking Winks because. Mourinho doesn't like Winks. Mourinho is the type of manager who doesn't pick players on sentiment. If you play well, if you train well and you show your professionalism and you show that you are willing to do everything you can when you're on the pitch, he's going to play you. So if you're Harry Winks and you're coming out and you're making these comments, oh, I'm not happy with my game time, do something about it. And I think a lot of players in the club have that mentality that they, it's, it's... Self-entitled. They, they feel like... I was just about to say those exact words. I just took them out of my mouth. Like, I, that was insane. It's like, you can read my mind. Um, but they, they feel like they deserve to be there without actually putting the work in and showing that they deserve to be there. You've got the likes of Harry Winks, who I've mentioned 74 times now. I'm not going to mention again. Um, and, and so many other players who are exactly the same. And then you've got players who I'm not sure about their mentality, but just need to leave the club. I think Sissoko, thank you very much. You were once our record signing. Out you go. Um, Eric Dyer, Eric Diabolical. I've got a Dyer 15 shirt. And oh, no. I, I, used, I used to wear that with such pride. <laughs> now, I don't think I've worn it all season. He's got to go. I think you've got to look at the likes of Bergwijn. I know he's just come in, but he's not good enough. Go. You've just got so many players who don't need to be here. And it's those kind of players that if they're in the dressing room, they bring the mentality down. And that's where Spursy comes from. We've always had those one or two pieces of Deadwood who bring the rest of the team down. And I feel, you know who I feel terrible for? I feel terrible for Harry Kane. And I would love him to be a one club man and love him to stay at Spurs and win trophies. But I would also love to see him leave and be a world beater and win trophies at Barca, Real, whoever else can afford him. And as much as I hate saying that, he is the one player that I look at and think, I love you, but it's such a shame that you play for Spurs. <laughs> I know, I agree. And, and I'm glad you touched on Harry Kane because obviously there's Harry Winks slander in the chat and we all know how I feel about Harry Winks. He needs to jump off the skywalk my doll behind me, that is. But I just can't talk about that now. Um, but yeah, it is true. There's so much Deadwood thrown about. And it is true. It's exactly what you said. I feel like we're too sentimental. Not necessarily, I think we're too sentimental as fans, but I think as a club, I've said this for so long, they're just trying to ride the wave, the wave I think, our owners. They're just like, we're not going to cut our losses here. We're not going to get a lot from it. We'll just keep them because, you know, we need squad. We need squad depth. So I totally mm. get what you're saying, Forms. But obviously, we've touched on Harry Kane. And again, just to lighten the mood, Harry Kane, is, he's just a monster, isn't he? He really is. Today, he was phenomenal once again. I mean, the first, the uh, the second goal he scored where he managed to just smash it in the bottom of the corner. You, you're loving life. So, Luke, I'll come to you again. Obviously, you alluded to the fact that we're so lucky to have him. What do you make on Harry Kane? I mean, it's just, he's a golden boy, isn't he? 
Just sensational, isn't he? You know, let's talk about the first goal that he scored. So mm. I I kind of use this resemblance on my show that if it had been, let's say, Deli Alley, right? Because all what happened was was that um La Celso, I think it was, plays the ball through to Kane and the ball is overhit by La Celso and goes to the uh, defenders of Newcastle. Harry Kane is annoyed. You can see his arm motion of how annoyed he is at that pass, but he doesn't stop. He always thinks that I've got a chance. And that's when the the issue comes in. And, you know, the Newcastle defenders run into another one another. And then he takes a quick touch and scores. If it had been the likes of Deli Alley, you'd have seen a different reaction. You'd have seen him throw his arms on the floor, turn around and stop playing. And we'd have lost mm. that chance to score. Yet Harry Kane always thinks there's an opportunity for me. I could potentially score. Something might happen. And that's what great goal scorers do. And that's what he did for that goal. The second goal, though, yeah, it was a you know a little ball in from Ndombele, a little bouncing ball, and he just hit it. And uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and uh, and scored. Sorry, you always distract me when you pull up things like that halfway through oh, no, a speech. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I do two that. things at once. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you're in the hot seat, Luke. It's all good, man. But yeah, yeah like you said, Kane. It's just something else, and forms like you said. Without Kane, like someone said here, we—I really think we would be a lower mid-table because he just makes something out of nothing, doesn't he? Really, Harry Kane forms. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's—I mean, look—you talk about Lewandowski being the best striker in the world, and and Kane doesn't come. There's 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 the there's this debate on who is the who is the best striker in the world. Out and out goal scorer, you got to give it to Lewandowski. All round striker. Harry Kane, because he gets into positions that uh, uh, a natural-born goal scorer wouldn't even think about getting into. He thinks about the game on a 360 and every single aspect. Who can I pass to? Who's in space? How can I control this? And on top of being, right, what positions can I get into? Who's currently on the ball? How can I get this ball in the back of the net? And he's so, he's so unselfish yet he still manages to top the scoring charts. It's just, It blows my mind. Is, it blows is, my mind. Can we? Sorry, can we talk about Harry Kane taking free kicks? Because I'm done with this not. now. I've been done with this a long time. And look, I love you, Harry Kane, but please stop. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't he scores, the scores, last... scores one deflected free kick years ago against Aston Villa and now exactly. thinks, he's, thinks he's the, the specialist. <laughs> is that why he hits the wall every time? Because he's hoping it's going to be deflected again. That's <laughs> uh, insane. That is it nuts. is a madness. I think if they were going to fault Harry Kane, I think that, that's got to be the one thing. It just blows my mind every time he steps up and takes it. I'm thinking, oh, not again, boys. Mm. Come on. Did I learn this already? But apart from that, like you said, Kane, Kane is just something else. And I, I want to talk about, obviously, Vinny. Now, we all kind of know in the past, we haven't had the best backup striker. But I'm kind of... I'm not saying Vinny's the best or he's by any stretch of the mean maybe the thing for the future but having someone on that pitch alongside Harry Kane means that he doesn't have to cross the ball on it in the box and get on the end of it so Luke what do you make of um delicious finishes as I like to call him <laughs> delicious finishes I like that <laughs> um do you know what this is the... you alluded to this before about how we have you know sentimental value over certain players and that's how I feel about Vinicius you know that I like him I think he's a good guy I think I wish him well at Spurs, but in reality, he's, he's good enough for West Ham. Um, 
and that's about it. And I'm not talking about the West Ham that are lucky to be in, <laughs> in the league this season. I'm talking about the West Ham season in, season out that sit 10th, 11th in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy and I do wish him well. You know, I've read about his story and, you know, what he's been through and, and everything else. And, you know, I do really do wish him the best. But if we're going to spend £40 million on him, which is his, you know, clause in his contract, go out and buy Danny Ings, who's an out-and-out goal scorer in my eyes. Yeah. Um, but I like him. You know, I like how passionate he is. I like the connection with Lucas Moura. Um, but he needs to be one step ahead of how he is every single time. He needs to be following up on everything, he needs to be chasing up on everything. His touch needs to be better. There's a few things I have a problem with uh, Vinicius. But uh, yeah, I wish him the best. But no, he's not a Spurs player for me. That yeah, goes, that... But that, that, that goes back to... Sorry to interrupt, Molly. That, that goes back to lack of Premier League experience. I think yeah. that... He's, I mean, well, whilst we were in the competition, and oh my god, I still can't believe that we're not. Whilst we were in the Europa League, um, he was he was what top of the scoring charts before we we got booted out. So he he has proved to be very effective at times where we haven't needed Harry Kane. And yeah, I get it. In the in the cup games, we might have played much lower league sides, and he score he celebrates like Mbappe scoring against the non-league team, but he's there to score goals in games where he's needed. And in the Premier League, I think what he started one Premier League game and that was against Chelsea. And to be thrown straight in, and I get that he was the top scorer in the Portuguese league, but to come into the Premier League as your as your first full as your full Premier League debut, to play against a team like Chelsea is not an easy thing to do. Did he play well? No. Did he score? No. But that's not the point. He got minutes under his belt. And every time that he's played in a Prem, he's obviously come on as a sub for 10 minutes, 15 minutes max. Now that he's playing alongside Harry Kane, I think Jose's doing that to get him, not only get him Premier League experience, but to get him Premier League experience playing alongside the best striker in the world currently. And I think that he just needs time. He needs minutes in the competition for us to then decide, okay, are you good enough to be at Spurs? Are you good enough to be a backup striker or not? Um, I think he's proved himself in the Europa League like prior to being a Spurs player, which is why he was comfortable there. He's proved himself against the lower league sides because that's the standard he's used to playing. I just, I like him and I think he's got bags of potential, especially more than Soldado and Janssen. So I just think give him time. I wouldn't start him in the Prem. But I would definitely, I'd definitely give him time. And I like that he's playing alongside Kane in, in these sorts of games. And yeah, fine, take him off at 45 minutes. We've got Kyung-Min Son to bring on. We've got Eric Lamella to bring on. I'm fine with that. So in terms of Vinicius, I'm, I'm happy with the way things are going. But I definitely wouldn't spend 40 million on him in the summer. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. And I think that's with the likes of Bell as well. It's, it's whether we want to part with that amount of money. I mean... Hopefully, Alan, he can improve his touch with a baby elephant. Hopefully, <laughs> Vinicius can, can improve his touch. But I like what you're saying, Forms, and I can see what you're saying, Luke. If I can throw this at you, do you think the likes of Danny Ings would leave Southampton to not necessarily play as much game time if he was to come to Tottenham to get in front of Harry Kane? Or do you think maybe this new dynamic of Kane and Vinicius on at the same time could be the way forward of Danny Ings if he was to come? Correct. Why could you not play Danny Ings further forward and then play three behind Danny Ings of Kane, Son, and whoever, you know, maybe potentially Lucas or whoever you want to play on that on that right-hand side? There's nothing saying that you can't because what happens is in the transition is it then becomes a two with Harry Kane pushing further forward 
Um, and then when you need to, you have Harry Kane dropping back, playing the balls through to Danny Ings or playing them out wide to Hummin Son to whoever else. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. people have had this agenda that Harry Kane has to play striker, you know, and has to play on his own and so on. There's nothing that says they can't play together. No, I, th- I, I totally get it. I mean, I've never really kind of thought of it until I've seen this new dynamic of uh, Kane and Vinny. But I also think that's because of the way Kane's adapted his game. A bit like you said, Forms, the fact that he now drops deep so he can spray the ball wherever he wants to and he can still score goals. Yeah. It's amazing. And I think, I don't want to put all the congratulations to Jose, but if you watch the documentary, that's exactly what Jose wanted to do. He wanted to take him from here yeah. to there. So in that kind of sense, Forms, do you think Jose has done that to a sense? And Going on from, obviously, we're looking towards the end of the season now, so to speak. Do you think Jose will potentially be here at the end of the season or do you think he'll be gone come the summer? I mean, on the first point, I think that I see every time Kane scores, uh, you see the the screenshot of the documentary around Twitter, around Instagram, the where Jose says, I think he says, <laughs> by being with me, I can help you to explode. And then I think, I don't know whether it was a couple of months ago, a couple of weeks ago, I did see a stat that said at some point, Kane had uh, 51 games under Mourinho and, and 49 goals or goal involvements or whatever it was. But it's, he, it's Kane under Mourinho is a different breed. You thought Kane under Pochettino was good. Kane under Mourinho is is a joke. And I'm so glad that that partnership was, was able to be formed because a world-class manager has turned a world-class player into an even more world-class player. So I'm, I'm, I'm gassed at that. That's insane. Do I think Mourinho, I'll just put my water on my bed. Do I think Mourinho is going to be here next season? Yes. The reason being, he doesn't go anywhere. He doesn't leave. He won't leave without winning something for his own, his own ego. I don't think he, he, first of all, he took the Tottenham job because he, he thought that he could come here and win things. If two years, if what's it, how long has he been here? A, a season and a half? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. After you can't you can't be a manager like Jose Mourinho with the ego and the and the status that he has, and after a season and a half, go okay, I haven't won anything. I'm going. Well, not I even one gen- full season, is it? Sorry, it's not yeah, even no, one exactly. like entire season. He came halfway through the last season, and he's not even exactly. got a whole way through this season. Sorry, carry on. Exactly. No, no. It's you. It's that's my point exactly. You just, he hasn't had enough time to go and do what Mourinho does. And then it stems back to the board aren't giving him what he wanted. But the thing that I, I keep, I have this debate with with nearly every Spurs fan friend that I've got, but it's, it's, it's the same question. Mourinho signed for Spurs with the intentions of winning trophies, but surely he signed knowing that he wasn't going to get the players that he desired. Was sure that conversation would have had to have happened because you don't pay, especially Tottenham, don't pay a manager fifteen million pounds a year, and then say, "But actually, we're not going. We're going to invest in you, but we're not going to invest in the players that we need you to to win trophies at this club." I don't, I don't see how that. Someone just said, and he hasn't been backed properly. That's exactly the point I'm making. It's almost like we half-assed it, and we've said, "Yeah, we'll bring in Mourinho." We'll spend as much money as he wants on Mourinho, but we're not going to spend the money because we don't want to. Um, and I'll, I'm, I'm even to. I know I'm waffling now, but to to jump on that, do you guys think that that was because it wasn't necessarily they don't back the manager? It was they want to make the club more attractive to sell. Now that is a question and a half. I think personally, 
I, I would, I think as a business, Levy and Enik have done really well in taking us from having a rubbish training state, uh, ground to an amazing now established, tra- uh, I can't speak, uh, oh my God, I've lost my words, to like the new White Hart Lane, if I can say. They've gone from here to here and I have no qualms about it. Obviously, you're seeing these new deals from the NFL that they're going to play NFL games. You've got all these concerts happening. And I just sit here now and think, okay, I think COVID has come at the wrong time for them. We might have seen a totally different levy if COVID wasn't a thing. We had all those fans in the stadium. Who knows? This summer coming up could have been our biggest summer yet. But we'll mm. never know that because of COVID. And I think as much as it pains me to say, and I've always said this, I've never I've never fully backed Enic just because they've never really backed Spurs in a footballing dynamic. In a business dynamic, best thing you could ever wish for. But in terms of... Like I said, with the whole Lacelso thing, we could have had Bruno Fernandes and we've, we've got Lacelso. Don't get me wrong, I think mm. Lacelso has a lot of potential, but look at Bruno Fernandes at Man United. It's just the same old thing every year. We always go for the the one just below the best. We we never go out and say, we're going to get that player, we're going to have him. I mean, obviously the sad story of the Bala, but imagine if we managed to pull that off. I might be sat here saying a different story about Enik, but I'm sadly not. So for me... It's a bit of a, a tough one. If COVID wasn't here and they actually fully backed the team, I'd probably say that actually they're here to stay. But again, you're in all these rumours about the selling the naming rights of the stadium. We haven't seen that yet. So I don't really mm-hmm. know what your question forms. Luke, do you want to have a better go at it? Yeah, no, I don't have an answer either. You know, I always look at it, as you're saying, from the business point of view. And the business point of view is that the club, once you know COVID is over, is a money-making machine, effectively. The different Mm -hmm. streams of revenue coming through that stadium um, is just crazy. You know, the 10-year NFL contract, the potential naming rights of British Airways, you know, that we've heard about. Um, The fact that, you know, you could do the Skywalk, you know, all the other things that this um, offers, the concerts, the uh, boxing matches, you know, um, I know that Matchroom Boxing have been looking at potentially getting uh, fights Mm. at um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And why would you not? Um, But it's, do they want to sell? Potentially, yeah. But why not? You know, that's what businesses do. They build them up and sell them you know, for profit. That's effectively what business is. Um, but it shouldn't have an income, uh, and sorry, shouldn't come into being a problem with the actual footballing side, which is what that is as well. That's a big thing we saw at Manchester United with Ed Woodward. You know, he was a brilliant businessman, but terrible with footballing brain. Um, and that's not what we want happening at Spurs. Look, we're fifth place in the Premier League and have a Carabao Cup final to play. By the end of this season, we could finish top four and win a trophy. Everybody that's listening and watching now would have taken that. So I know it's not been great. You know, under Pochettino, we didn't sign anyone for two windows. It's not been easy, plain sailing um, as a Tottenham fan. But if we wanted that, then why didn't we just... Do you know what I mean? If we weren't going to spend anything Mm. and see what manager did, why don't we just stick with Pochettino? You know, they brought Jose Mourinho in to win a trophy after 18 months. He hasn't won a trophy. He's had 18 months there not even an entire full season. Um, yeah. I literally cannot shed any light whatsoever on that question, but I just went for another rant. <laughs> that's a, It's so no, bad because like, we've signed this world-class manager. We all know he's world-class, but the extra bit that he needs hasn't been invested. Like It's so upside down. I don't think you can kind of really understand yeah. what's going on in the brains of the club. Sorry, Fons, I interrupted you again. 
no no I, I literally i was just saying yeah I, I completely agree and and you look at even uh, Mourinho jokes and he says his greatest achievement was finishing second in the league with that united squad but at least united had the money to bring in certain players that he asked for um and it's not even to say that we don't have the money we don't want to spend the money and i don't understand in this 20 year reign of of daniel levy we've won one trophy He's meant to be, and you're right in saying that he's an excellent businessman. Um, and I reckon for for a good few years, he he led us on to believe that he had this great footballing brain. But where's the trophy? Like we're we're part of the big six, right? We are part of the the top six, the biggest clubs, the top six biggest clubs in the country, in the country, <clears throat> in the country where the best football is played, and yet. In the past 20 years, we don't really have anything to show for it apart from an extremely lucky winner in a final against Chelsea. It just, it confuses me because I think Tottenham fans, me included, we get our hopes up every season on the smallest little positive things that happen for us to then the following week or or whenever be completely let down again. And then it's, it's this vicious cycle of, oh my God, yes, we beat City 2-0. Oh my God, we're top of the league. Oh my God, we're out of the Europa League. Oh my God, we just lost to a very bad Arsenal team. Oh my God, our club is is a shambles. Mourinho out, what is going on? Oh my God, no, but wait, we beat Leicester. And oh my God, this happened. Oh my, and it's just, it's the most, it's the most consistently inconsistent cycle. And I can't stand it. And I just think we need a complete rebuild by the manager, because I think the manager is what he is. We need a complete rebuild. We need a new board, new chairman. We need new players. Oh, new badge. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> that, that's the thing. And this is what I keep talking about. The fact that obviously Pochettino said we need a painful rebuild. And I still think we're trying to get to the stage of that happening because I feel like mm. the board still feel like they can ride this wave. And I've said this so many times. The board are so reactive rather than proactive. I feel like that's the thing. And it's weird because... You think to yourself, they spend all this money to then get more money, but they won't spend money on the pitch to get trophies which allude to money. Like, I just, yeah, for me, it's just they're concentrated so much on this business sentiment than they are the actual football. So, coming slightly back to the game, obviously, it was a 2 2 draw. I mean, looking ahead to next week, obviously, we've got Manchester United. So, Luke, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think, hopefully, I know we're. <laughs> going to be so difficult to try and talk about but I know obviously today with this defence it was a bit all over the place do you think next week's the time we have to try and implement Toby back into the side just to try and get some organisation I think it's worth a try but I don't think he does mm -hmm. it I think that he plays Sanchez as we've said before because of his pace United have pace you know in numbers and you know if, especially if Marcus Rashford's playing uh, for example you need somebody who's able to potentially keep up with him um in terms of the Man United game, we've only got to sit here and think positively, right? Man United have been inconsistent yeah. this season. They've just done better than the other inconsistent teams below them, in my eyes. Um, in terms of whether we can beat them, for sure, beat them 6-1 earlier on in the season. You know, there is definitely a chance, you know, today, Son, I believe he wasn't fit enough to play. It did look like that to me. He just didn't seem to, you know, have his pace, have his kind of match sharpness back, but he had to play 45 minutes to try and get that back. So I think we'll have a fully fired Son. 
I think that will help Regrion because the problem with Regrion in the first half was uh, that he was getting caught far too much up the pitch. And so, you know, I'm optimistic about, um, you know, the United game. I'm optimistic that they can be beat. We've seen it this season. Sheffield United beat them this season. Um, they can be got at. And uh, we just have to be um, a bit more consistent at the back and try and just cut out those errors. You know, those Davidson Sanchez yeah. short headers that are meant to be clearance headers that go straight to the next player is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Running into Joe Rodon for the Joe Willock goal is not ideal. Um, I th- his tactical, no, not his tactical awareness, his actual positional awareness is woeful. Once the ball is in the air, he has no no idea where it is, and he, then he falls over most of the time. So uh, I would play Toby, yes. But what we will play? Sanchez. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's we're, we're thinking one thing, but we all kind of know it, it's going to be another thing. But again, who knows? They might want to go out there and maybe set the ways white. Who knows? I mean, we've got Ryan here that says 6-1 incoming, but the other way around. He's a big fan of yours, form, So we love to see it. We love to see it. Um, love but, that, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> what's your kind of thoughts on obviously next week forms what are you kind of feeling I'm a very and always have been a very very optimistic Spurs fan I like to believe or I like to no matter how far-fetched they, they sound I like to sort of find little pockets of hope and bring them bring them together we all know the reality we all know the position we're in um, we all know that United are sort of sitting comfortably in second place and it's looking like they will they will definitely be in the Champions League next year. But football is a mental game. Football is a mental game. And the fact that the last time we played this club, we beat them 6-1 at their own ground is it, it, it might not. And I know it was a while ago and it might not show it, but it will take a toll on them, especially the players that were playing that game. We put six past them at Old Trafford and that is nothing to brush over. So I think that we go into that game with maybe a stronger mentality in that sense. I think that if we are going to win this game, we need to play the most attacking formation we possibly can. Because I have got, no, I just said I'm optimistic and what I'm about to say completely counts balances <laughs> that. But we, I've got no hope in our defence. I would love to see, I would love to see Kane, Son, Bale, Lucas... Um, and Dombele, front five, just pushing, pushing, pushing. I'd love to see Serge Aurier play purely for the pace. He's going to play Sanchez. We know he will. I think he's going. I think the back four should be oh, great. Back four we've got. I think it should be Aurier, Sanchez, Toby, and Regulon um, because you've got the pace uh, in terms of our um, fullbacks. Um, the the centre halves they are what they are. We've spoken about them countless amounts of times. But I just think we have to have the most attacking squad we can because I don't care if we concede five as long as we score six. I don't care how it's done. I genuinely we can have the worst defensive display ever as long as we are clinical. I don't think we'll have a problem. I hope. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was going to say I hope you're right there. I just like you said we've. Obviously, that Everton game just gives me visions of obviously where we went all attack and we still managed to concede more. So that's the only worry I have with that plan yeah, is the fact that true. we might possibly lose uh, less. But obviously, uh, Lucy, who is uh, obviously my sister, has said, "Why <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Bell doesn't get played. Now, I want to throw this both at you. Now, someone said in the chat as well, it's because obviously he's spoken about his loan deal, blah, blah, blah. But do you think 
I don't know. Obviously, that game against uh, Arsenal, it still really hasn't set with me very well. So, Forms, I'll come to you quick and then mm. we'll come to Luke. Why do you think Bale today only got three minutes towards the end? Do you think it was just kind of the last roll of the dice? Or do you think it was, I don't know, there's rumours that he picks his own minutes. Now, surely he's not picking three minutes to play at the end. What's your kind of you, thought? With, with a manager like Jose Mourinho, you do not pick anything. You are, you You can have, as a player, you can be the biggest personality on the planet. If Jose Mourinho is your manager, you don't get a say in anything. Um, and I think with that, that's massively shown with Deli Ali. But with Bale, uh, look, the only the only thing I can think of is the fact that he had, he had quite a few international minutes. Um, he might not be fully fit enough to have played today's game. I don't know why he got taken off so early against Arsenal. I don't think anyone knows why he got taken off so early against Arsenal. But... I, I can only hope that he was rested today for United. Um, but I, I don't think that, that him speaking out about it being a loan deal and he's going back to Madrid would have had a toll at all uh, because then he came out afterwards and said, everyone twisted my words. I only spoke the truth because it is true. No one knows what's going to happen. So I don't think there's anything major to be looked into. The fact that he got three minutes today, I can only hope that it was because he's going to start against Man United. So what do you kind of think as well, Luke? Do you think it was just, obviously, uh, Jack's here said he said he only came on because uh, they scored. Do you reckon that's the, the exact Yeah, same? so we saw we saw Sissoko warming up um, and that's what Jose wanted to do to see out the game. But when we uh, conceded, he changed that immediately to Gareth Bale to try and go on the front foot and see if we could mm. score. But that's not why he played three minutes. He wouldn't. Have, he would have played zero minutes. So uh, he's not picking his he's not picking his minutes. Um, secondly, why is he not playing more? Because he's not showing enough heart and drive and passion into the game. You know, Mourinho said after the Zagreb game that you know something was going to change in this team because certain players um, I can't remember the exact phrase he used, but certain players knew what it meant to be a man or something like that, basically, mm. which meant that certain players were very sorry and apologetic after the game and were willing to, you know, fight to try and get something back into this Spurs team. I don't believe he was one of them. And uh, his performance against Arsenal, he got pulled of a halftime because he was woeful. Um, look, I'm not uh, bashing Gareth Bale. Love Gareth Bale. Um, but yeah, exactly. Gareth's just laughing on the bench. He doesn't care. Look, love Gareth Bale. I know that he still loves Spurs, but his personality and Jose's personality, they don't work well together. Him, mm. uh, Harry Redknapp said it. He works better with a man who's going to put his arm around his shoulder, who's going to you know do what Pochettino would do. Gareth Bale under Pochettino, different animal altogether. Deli Alley under Pochettino, different animal altogether. There's too many players in this Spurs squad that are affected by uh, how they're approached by the manager. Tangi Ndombele, on the other hand, clearly thrives under that kind of, um, you know, how he's being man-managed. Yeah. But certain players react differently. And do I want to see uh, Gareth Bale playing in this game? Potentially not, you know? Unless, unless we're seeing those, you know, like uh, in the first game against Zagreb, you know, where he's just toying with defenders like it was against West Ham when he came on um, playing really well, then, yes, that's the Gareth Bale I want to see, but it's too inconsistent for my liking. And, uh, you know, I don't see the harm in having Lucas playing instead of uh, 
Gareth Bale because he's the one that deserves it more. Or even Lacelso, depending on who you think plays in that position. I think Lucas plays better on the right. But mm. yeah, no, that's a good point. You can tell my sister uh, likes Bale quite a bit, and she needs <laughs> to, to get that thrown out there. But no, I agree. I think he does need to show a bit more. Obviously, I know we're time conscious. Obviously, Luke, I just want to quickly talk about the Carabao Cup final, just because you know that's round yep. the corner and. I do bloody hope we we win it. We're all Spurs. I mean, Blitz is a United fan and he even wants, uh, obviously, Spurs to win and things. But for you guys, I mean, I know it's a one-off game. I'm not taking form into it because I did against uh, Arsenal. We were the better form side and we cost it. So, with you, Forms Quick, do you think we have a good, a good uh, what's the word, like sentiment for the Carabao Cup final? Or do you think City are just levels above? They're just a madness at the moment. Do you think we just go there and win it? Or do you think it'll be a bit more difficult than that? I mean, it all comes down to the players. It all comes down to that starting eleven. If we start, if we start an eleven with with players who are willing to to leave everything out on that pitch, like you said, it's a one-off game. Anything can happen. Uh, we've beaten City once this season. I don't see why we can't do it again. They are a different breed. They are an absolute animal. But at the same time, it's a cup final. You just never know. Mm, that's the thing. And like we said. I'll come to you quickly, Luke. Obviously, with Jose Mourinho, that's the man you want in that changing room, given in the team talk. Mm. So, Luke, for you, what, what do you think on the Carabao Cup final? Yeah, I think form is exactly right. You know, everybody thinks City will win. Every, nobody thinks Spurs will win this game. It's a one-off game, one-game shootout. You just never, ever know. Um, you know, my prediction is going to be 1-0 Spurs win. You know, a classic Jose Mourinho park the aeroplane, double-decker bus, whatever it is. <laughs> uh, Kane into Son on the counter-attack. And that's it. Shut up shop. See out the rest of the game. You know, I pray to God that's what happens. Um, but no one expects um, Spurs to get anything out of this game. So why not go and do it? Mm. Preach it. I mean, Kev's gone for the 5-0 the City. I love the way you've set yourself up so you don't get disappointed. I rate it. Nah. I rate it. It's like a leaf out of your book, I think, sometimes. But thanks again for both of you joining me today. Obviously, 2-2 two, two wasn't the best result, but hey, it wasn't a loss. I mean, it's a bit annoying the fact that Chelsea lost yesterday. We could have capitalised on it, but we'll, we'll go for it anyway. We'll see how mm. the next couple of games go. So, obviously, thanks again to Luke for joining me today. Where can everybody find you and things like that? Yeah, so they can find find us at Rivalry Aside TV on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me at Luke underscore RATV if you want to hear more of me rambling on. Uh, we've got loads of shows, so United, uh, West Ham, uh, Villa. Uh, I can't even remember what else we have on our West Ham. Yeah, uh, any, Liverpool and Spurs, sorry, on our channel. So yeah, just come check us out. We do weekly uh, predictions and things like that. So it's good fun. Uh, but don't also forget to subscribe to Holly's channel and make sure you check out Forms because uh, he's got some good content over on TikTok as well. I was going to say, I haven't asked Forms to wrap this whole thing. <laughs> I think I've made it in life. So Forms, where can everybody nice. find you, mate? Um, I mean, I'll start with Spotify. I've got 11 songs out at the moment. Spotify, Apple Music, any music platform, you can find me literally forms like the name, whatever side it is. Um, and on, in on Instagram, it's underscore, underscore forms. And TikTok, it's forms official. Um, so, yeah. Thank you for having me, Holly. It's been great. 
No, it's, it's been it's, it's been lovely. Both of you. Obviously, the result wasn't what we kind of wanted. But again, if you're more than welcome to come on again if you want to, both of you, because like I said, it's quite therapeutic to try and talk Tottenham and just get it out in the open. So thanks yeah. again to both of you for coming on, and cheers for everyone to watching. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do. I think I have hit one k, but you know what it's like—you hit one k and then people unsubscribe and all that <laughs> jazz. But if you wouldn't mind, keep subscribing. That would be great. And until next time, come on, you Spurs.